Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Ginny is an 86-year-old woman with worsening dementia. She's accompanied by her daughter, Mandy, who's her healthcare proxy. And Mandy has some questions. She's struggling to get her mom to take her meds. Also, money is tight. And Mandy wonders, is there anything on her med list that we can stop today? And what the adverse events will be for her mom? When Mandy brings in her mom's meds, the bag is full. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Associate Dean of Interprofessional and Community Partnerships at the UMass Chan Medical School, Tan Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Jill. Hi, Frank. I was just talking yesterday with a peer about which of the many medicines they could easily stop in their 93-year-old aunt, and it, it, it raises lots and lots of issues. Now, in this case, Ginny has dementia. What do we know about polypharmacy, especially in people with dementia and and their big long med list? We know a bit about it. We probably need to know more about it, but this uh, study and case we're going to discuss shed some light on it. First, define polypharmacy. What do we mean by it? What's it include? And it's basically five or more prescription or non-prescription medications daily. So It's not just what we prescribe, it's also what the patient will take over the counter. And, you know, that's how we've defined, you know, the number of pills they take. And why should we really even care about polypharmacy, right? It it is a hot topic, deprescribing is a hot topic, and we still need more evidence and guidelines on how best to do it. But the many reasons include, as you mentioned, adverse events and you think about, you know, drug reactions and side effects, you know, one of them is cognition to just name one. And we already have Ginny that's got dementia. And is anything going to add to this rather than help it or decrease any possible adverse events? And, you know, there are many inappropriate meds that may lead to falls and, you know, morbidity and mortality. We don't want to cause more harm than benefit, even though our intention is not that. One of the big things, and Mandy mentioned it, is the cost to the patient. And we do know that, unfortunately, polypharmacy affects those 65 and older the most. It's approximately 44% of men and 57% of women older than 65 take five or more non-prescription and or prescription medications per day. And that 12% of persons in this age group take 10 or more medications a day. Can you believe that? 10 or more a day. Wow. It's a lot. So what about this study? What do we know about older persons with dementia? Yes. So those are the older persons with dementia greater than uh, 65. 
And what this study did was look at, you know, community dwelling, older adults, and they looked at outpatient visits over 2014 to 2016. It was a national ambulatory care medical survey, and they looked at it specifically to determine the prevalence of polypharmacy compared to those 65 and older that did not have dementia. And so what they found is, is that people with dementia took eight medications daily versus three in those without dementia. So more than twice their counterparts that don't have dementia. And those drug classes mainly included um, cardiovascular and central nervous system agents. Of course, there was a wide array of different drug classes, but the cardiovascular and central nervous system agents were the largest. And that we know that persons with dementia had higher odds of receiving at least one highly sedating or anticholinergic medication. And in this study specifically, 43% of dementia patients were on 10 or greater medications compared to 20% of the people without dementia. And I also have to mention that over 72% of people with dementia had polypharmacy versus 44% of people without dementia. So it's really profound. That's amazing. All right. So now the challenge falls to us. What do we know about deprescribing and discontinuing medications? What are the risks? What are the benefits? There's a lot to it. And I think providers, you know, they get skilled at it. It's it's looking at the med list, first of all. The, you know, med reconciliation and, and review is key not only in the electronic medical record, but in a discussion with the patient to discuss the side effects, any missed doses, have they had any falls, affordability, and to find out if the patient is seeing other providers and do we have the list correct? You know, in a perfect world, our med records are supposed to all talk. We know that that's not happening. So we really need to know, is that list correct? And we also have to make sure about any over-the-counter or herbal meds because they contribute to that list and some of them are not benign. And so we really need to know first, what are they actually taking? And then, you know, are they having any side effects? Like I said, are they missing doses? And in this case, you know, how is Mandy giving meds to her mom? and what's going on there. And we do know that some of the more common, the, the second study that I have listed on this podcast talks about people with life-limiting illness and limited life expectancy, I should say. So we're talking about patients that may have cancer or patients that may have a debilitating, you know, multimorbidity that you know that their life expectancy is challenged and it's probably a year, maybe less. And that it looked at, you know, the most common things that they talked about discontinuing were statins. Of course, we know that's a preventative drug. Um, aspirin and then warfarin, which, you know, is a, is a bigger discussion because we're talking about the possibility of a stroke and, you know, having and, and causing, causing harm. So that's a bigger discussion. And it may lead into, is the family okay with this? Do they want to have a discussion of DNR and DNI? Have they had that discussion yet? You know, these are tough conversations, but they're so necessary. If it's one thing we don't want to see is our patients taking a lot of medications that they may not need that may cause them harm, end them up in the hospital. And then, you know, then there's the discussion of DNR and DNI. And we, you know, personally, 
you know, we take care of patients for a long time in primary care and our older patients, we really want to make sure we know their goals of care and their wishes. That second point is really a bit of a challenge at first, but then it requires a little reframing. Sometimes I'll say to the the family member, they have a disease and the disease is going to progress whether they take aspirin or warfarin or not. And if if the family's in agreement, that will we'll make her very comfortable, we'll take care of her, but we're not going to be able to stop the dementia. And it could just be stopping these other medicines may make her pass sooner, but it may not. It may make her quality of life better with the time she has left. So when we balance the two, I, I, I would encourage you to consider, let's stop these medicines. Let's make sure she doesn't get an ambulance and resuscitation at home. And, and let's, let's improve her quality of life and, and decrease her medication use. What are you going to talk to Mandy about? I love that Mandy has opened the door. I love that the, the patient and family are there to, to have this discussion. So we're going to talk about risk versus benefit. You know, what, what medications is Ginny on? Uh, and, and really see where she's at and, and what she absolutely would need to take that's of benefit to her. And I would go over the list and I would look at any other providers that are included in the prescribing practice here and, dis- and possibly have to reach out to them to discuss the implications of the medications if you're thinking about discontinuing them or bringing them into the conversation, what their recommendation would be. You know, and then you have to look at what they're on. Is it safe? Should you taper uh, before you discontinue? And you want to discontinue those meds when possible. Again, you don't want to forget the over-the-counter drugs as well. And I like that you mentioned about, you know, consult with other providers. If, if you stop the warfarin or you stop the statin, you might just let the cardiologist know, hey, look, we've, we've, we've looked at, at uh, the patient's quality of life and her wishes regarding care. We're adjusting, so please don't restart them. I had a patient hospitalized multiple times this past year because we agreed that, you know, they were in hospice care and adding the medication was making their life worse. And then they'd see the specialist for the specialist, but they'd, the pharmacy would send them a refill and they'd restart it and they end up back in the emergency room. So a great point right there. Jill, these are tough discussions and tough decisions we have to help families make. But I think the papers you present, presented make a really good case that it's, it's one more part of the care we need to learn to give. Thank you very much. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer, less is usually better. Review, consult, discuss, and discontinue medications when possible. Join us next time when we talk about the role of outdoor cat exposure on mental health issues, especially in men. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out PrimeMed.com for additional CME content.